Hey guys, welcome to True Knows Talk. Jeff here. I don't know if y'all have heard of Anchor, but it's ran by Spotify now. And it's the easiest way to make a podcast with everything you need all in one app or on your desktop. Anchor has the tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone and computer. And really, I mean, when hosting on Anchor, you you mean you can distribute your podcast on many platforms. Spotify, Apple, I mean, there's just tons of them, more than I have time to really explain. But the best part about it, really, everything you need is in one place, and it's free. So, guys, go to your app store, download the Anchor FM app, or go online and just put it on your desktop if you got a laptop. Now, I know Chip and Hunter, just like I am, we're ready to kick this thing off. So, y'all can give us the countdown, and we'll see y'all when the show starts. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another edition of True Knowles Talk. I hope everybody's having a good week so far, enjoying this nice, hot summer weather uh, that we're having. Uh, really, been kind of a slow week, kind of topics here and there. Guys, anything, uh, Hunter, you want to talk about to start the show? You know, kind of do a role reversal to this week where we do our open discussion first, so... Yeah, um, you know, like Jeff said, hey, everyone, glad to see y'all back again. It's good to be back, you know, enjoying the hot Florida weather. Um, 90 over here around Tallahassee today, then it started raining. So I think that has something to do with recruiting because it's kind of cooled off the past week or so. We haven't really heard any big announcements. But, you know, my big thing is, is it's nice to finally see that the uh, the new scoreboards are going up at the softball, you know, complex and the soccer field as well and the new banner with, you know, all the all three years of the, the championships at the soccer field. So that's – that's kind of a neat thing to see. And then, of course, you know, the uh, not really an announcement, but, you know, just sort of what they're doing with Doke. You know, they're kind of revamping the press boxes, you know, and that, that was kind of a nice addition to see. I'm looking forward to, to seeing that in person come football season. So how about you, Chip? What's on your mind? Oh, uh, I'm really digging the way the, the new press box is looking. Um, I, I mean, it's been like y'all working in this hot Florida sun. I think it's been, what, 90-plus here in Panama, and I'm just sweating out the last little bit of the COVID I got last week. But um, it's been quiet. Like, as far as recruiting uh, is right now, it's kind of the calm before the storm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that, that's true. We got a big weekend coming up uh, here in a couple of weeks. They're having the big showcase, which I believe is right around August or something, uh, where all the recruits that normally – that we've been going after. They're going to be there for a big showcase and um, stuff like that. But first, I want to give a shout-out. Uh, MLB draft was last night starting off. Or was it last? not for last? Not before Starting last. off. Um, congratulations to Parker Messick, who uh, always likes and shares the stuff we do for him on, uh, on the old Twitter. Um, congratulations to Bryce Hubbard. Both 
phenomenal pitchers for the Florida baseball team. Uh, I enjoyed with every inch of my heart, and I believe Hunter Chip can say the same thing. We enjoyed following y'all this season and also covering y'all. Um, best of luck. You know, uh, Parker went to the Guardians, just, I mean, former Indians. And then uh, Bryce went to the Cincinnati Reds. So congratulations on that. And then congratulations and happy trails to Eddie Goldman. It was announced today that he is retiring from the NFL. He was one of our offensive linemen, or defensive linemen, I mean, um, for the 2013 National Championship team. So good luck, you know, in, in retirement. Hope you come back, give back to uh, Florida State, coach here, do something, you know, one day. But uh, really, Chip, you mentioned, you know, you're fighting off uh, the last little remnants of COVID. So, you know, I kind of wanted to look at really, you know, we talked about heat, we talked about you having COVID, and really, you know, every year, you know, the arrival of the cooler weather for us, you know, it kind of gets our hearts going and because football season's right around the corner. College football, high school football, stuff like that. But year before last was different. You know, the cool weather showed up. We didn't know if we was going to have football. COVID did us. Um, and really – was kind of a scenario really bad for Florida State. New head coach, no spring, couldn't have recruits on the on the campus for recruiting stuff, just like normal years would be. And then we don't know if we're going to have football. So with that being said, I asked a question in the group and on Twitter, uh, was COVID a blessing, a curse, or kind of a mix of both? You know, Chip, I mean, what, what's your outlook on that? My outlook is I look at it as both. Um, you look at we had the disaster of last last year of Willie Taggart. And then we go into the spring. As soon as we get Norvell, I think, what, it was only like two months after Norvell signed to be our head coach, COVID hits. And – everybody's in limbo spring balls canceled um in a way it was almost like a mulligan year for uh norvell to see exactly what he really had i mean and look at what we had we had one quarterback under center who was not our i mean he had been a halfway starting quarterback for the two years he was there in blackman but he did not fit that system. And then you had somebody whose confidence was shot in Jordan Travis, and I believe he was even questioning himself, was he even a decent quarterback, which we all know the truth. And, when, and it was showed last year. He's one of the top quarterbacks in the ACC. Um, it, so it was, it was a year that I looked at as a mulligan year because they didn't lose – any eligibility they actually even if they played that year they were still given an extra year eligibility so it allowed Jay Trav and a lot of the other players at FSU to have a little bit more experience under their belt coming into last season so I kind of look at it as is a blessing and a curse um, it hurt not having the recruits 
Uh, we, it's all been well-documented. Taggart could not recruit a quarterback to save his life besides his son. Um, I think it actually endeared Norvell to a lot of the Seminole diehards even more, the way he dug in, and he even donated some of, some of his salary. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, and, and you're right. I mean, you know, it it, it was something unexpected. Nobody expected uh, anything about it to be what it was. You know, everybody, what was it then? Fort, oh, you stay home for 14 days, it's going to go bye-bye. You know, but Hunter, what about you? What What's your outlook on it? I mean, what was – what do you think the COVID season was? Yeah, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm with Chip on it being, you know, sort of a, a good and a bad thing. Um, the first year, it, it was a bad thing in my mind because, like you said, it's perfect storm. Novell's first, you know, first year here, barely has a chance to meet the players, and guess what? Everything is just scrapped, you know. And then, like you said, you couldn't get recruits on campus. You couldn't do anything. I mean, you, you know – Am I saying it's a bad thing we didn't play in that Clemson game? No, but, I mean, you look at that one player tested positive, that game's gone. You know, so really, even though there was a little bit of a season there, it wasn't even a season, you know. We were all at the Duke game. They had everyone, you know, put your mask on, put your mask on, everyone put your mask on. And as much as I love to be at Doak and as much as it was against Duke, it wasn't that Florida State atmosphere that we've all come to know and love, you know. And I just kind of pictured myself as like, I was spoiled. You know, my first game was 2013 against Miami. That was, you know, my first game, packed house, people standing in the aisles. So I imagine that as a person coming into their first game at Doak, and they're like, you know, this really isn't what I thought it was going to be. Um, but for me personally, you know, last year, COVID was a blessing and a curse. All right. So I went to the Notre Dame game. I had a great time. You know, college football is back. We're back at full capacity. The next week, I get COVID. So, yeah, it kind of sucked because I was down. But it was a blessing because I actually had two 50-yard line tickets and a parking pass to go watch um, Jacksonville State. So, rather than being there for that one, whenever what happened happened, I was able to reach over there and just kind of hit the, the on-off button and, you know, go to bed. So, um, looking at the present time now, it helped us, you know, that first year Norvell couldn't develop players. They couldn't do anything, but you look at some of the players that still eligible. I mean, you know, me and Jeff talked about it off stream earlier, you know, think about some of the players who have been here for a while. Okay. How long does it seem like Keyshawn Hilton's been here for me? 26 years. I mean, it's just, you know, Keyshawn Hilton is, it's all these different players, you know, who still have the eligibility and are able to play and get better. And I think that that's going to pay dividends this upcoming season because these guys have learned under Norvell. They got the extra year to be there with him. And I think that with COVID, it, it shot us in the foot then, but it's going to help us kind of, you know, get that tire rolling down the hill this season to get back to where we need to be and, and you know, help produce a, a winning season in my mind. Yeah. I mean, COVID, yeah. I mean, we were all there for the Duke game, and the Duke game was – really what a Duke game should have been. It was a blowout. I mean, Duke, you think about them, they're what? Basketball. My, you know, Coach K, you know, just basketball. And 
but you're right. I mean, what in the atmosphere? I remember that one. You know, you had the quote unquote mask patrol that if you took your mask down, if you wasn't drinking or drink or eating something, they come get on to you or want to kick you out. It, it wasn't the atmosphere of dope. And really, me personally, you know, you know, we're just going to have to bat a thousand on this. And I see it as both also, you know, the financial issues that it caused for Florida State was a major setback. Um, I think I read where we lost $13 million in revenue just in the football season mm -hmm. because of it. You know, and, and there was – actually, I've got a report here, and let me see if I can find it. Yeah, uh, Florida State, the athletic department contributed around $11.3 million to students. That was for tests, distancing, cleaning, stuff like that, um, just because of COVID. Then you look in, you know, like Chip mentioned, you know, Coach Monbell took a, a pay cut just to help out during that. But I'm trying to find the – the actual total, and this will blow your mind a little bit on it. Um, it was Nebraska. They averaged the year prior 30-something million dollars in their football program, and it got cut to 300 and I think 82,000 COVID year. Mm, that's, 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 a lot. that's a lot of money lost, yeah. And I mean, I mean you know, well, it may be. It may have been 13,000 13, a weekend. You know what I'm saying? We'll say that. That's a lot over a time. Yeah. Because think of all the stuff and all the improvements we needed to do. Yeah. I mean, you know, you think about it, you know, at that time, you know, everywhere was cut 50% capacity when it opened up. So right off the bat, you're cut down to 40,000. All right. And then you have people who were hesitant to come out, you know, into public because of, you know, being afraid of the virus, which it was a very, you know, real thing to be afraid of. So that cuts your attendance down to 20,000. All right. So you think about the difference just in seating alone and not to mention, you know, everyone at a ball game goes and gets a bag of peanuts and a drink or a hot dog or something. So, I mean, the concessions that was lost out on too, you know, like you said, it really put a, it really put a damper on things, but you know, kind of another thing with COVID too, you know, off the topic of football, you look at softball. Okay. Because of COVID, you know, softball, they got to play, you know, a, a pretty pretty regular season, sort of, you know, a lot more games than football, of course. But, you know, without that, we wouldn't have had Sidney Sherrill this year, you know, Cat Sandercock, Daniel Watson. We wouldn't have these players this year. So um, it's one of those things that you can, you can flip a coin and you can say it's a blessing on this side and it's a curse on this side. And it's just – it's one of those things that, like you said, we, we never expected it. Um, Hope to God it never happens again. And, I, you know, I'm really glad that Chip's starting to feel better, too, because he was, you know, we've been checking on him. He's been kind of down and out. So it's it was a very real thing. And it's it, it was bigger than football, but it was serious to, you know, athletics as well. So Yeah, and, and just to piggyback off of that, you know, it wasn't just the programs that hurt. Think of the financial impact it had on the stores around Mm -hmm. Dope Campbell Stadium. Yep. I mean, not only, you know, not only do college football games provide financial benefits to their universities, you know, they also, like I said, they spur the economic, you know, activity around uh, local areas, you know, small business, catering events, stuff like hotel rooms. Um, just for example, you know, the spending costs during the 2018-2019 season 
attracted, I won't say it was, uh, the report says right here, $219,600 of out-of-town visitors and contributed $51.1 million in spending for local businesses. Garnet and Gold, which everybody knows local FSU you know, mm -hmm. store, um, let me see, uh, they limited, you know, with the limits of fan attendance and stuff like that. It made it hard. No tailgating was going on. You know, they seen a big impact and a big hit. Then, I mean, I'm just going to throw this one out. Then this is going to be like, you know, just the stepsister down in Gainesville. Uh, the Florida Gator program had a direct impact of $71 million on direct spending during that 18-19 season. That was cut in half for around Gainesville. We, you know, we don't care about the swamp lizards or the lot lizards or whatever. I know Chip used to have a heart around somebody's head, but uh, <laughs> that's, that's all I love, Chip. But uh, that's the that's one of the things. And then you mentioned, you know, the the players. And I'm going to go through, you know, a list real quick. We're going just of what we're going to call what the y'all what do y'all want to call them, super seniors for the football team this year? Yeah. Goes good with everything else. We have wide receiver, you know, Keyshawn Granddaddy Helton, you know, uh, Mike Russos, which I don't, I don't think I've ever seen him play much. Uh, Ontario Pokey Wilson, Cam McDonald. Now here's the big hit. This is where it's helping us out. This is where you know some people are going to say, well, you know, those are minor things. Here's where it helps us out. Demetri Emanuel. Offensive lineman transfer this year. He's a senior. Dylan Gibbons. He's a senior. Caden Lyles, transfer from Wisconsin this year. Big, going to be a big impact on the offensive line, helping with that depth. He's a senior. Uh, Justin Turin from South Carolina. He's a senior. That's four offensive linemen we're projecting to start this year that if it wasn't for that COVID season, they'd be gone. Yep. Yeah. He told them he wouldn't even be here. Then you take into the fact, you know, just that's the offensive side. Then you go to Leonard Warner, Robert Cooper. Mm -hmm. um, I want to say uh, Jacquez McClellan, he's a, a defensive back. He transferred, I want to say, from was it Arkansas or Mississippi State or something like that a uh, year before last. But that's about 10 or 11 players right there that would be gone. And we'd have to have a younger kid step up and make that step. And that's where I see the blessing in it is the depth. Y'all mentioned the depth. It, it has built our depth. Mm -hmm. And it's also me and, me and Hunter's mentioned, you know, you take uh, Cam McDonald or a Caden Lyles or a, um, a Justin tur turn time from uh, South Carolina came. Wasn't big names at the school they were at. They come to Florida State now with that extra year of eligibility. Now they got time to boy to boost that stock. Mm -hmm. That's you know, exactly what I'm going to say. Yep. You know, case in point, Jermaine Johnson. Yeah. Jermaine yeah. Johnson came to Florida State as really – I'd never heard of him. You know, he wasn't a big name coming from Georgia. But that dude was an absolute freaking beast. You know, and what was he? He's the number, what, 7, 10, 11, what, a top, top round, a first round draft pick. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Or 20 something. I think it's 20 something. You know, 
I mean, the man was a beast. We would have never known that if it wasn't for that COVID season. So yeah, you're right. Me, me. That's you know, that's the blessing and the and the curse of it is that right there. You know, the the financial impact, the recruiting impact, and then you, the blessing to me was that, you know it's helping build our depth. So. Well, one thing we're not mentioning that got lost in the whole COVID is you look how hot our basketball team was that year. We were probably the best in the nation, and yeah. we had we that we had to just drop no, no, uh, play in sixty four, no, no nothing, no ACC uh, tournament. That basketball team was, yeah, was they were the best team in the nation. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. I like to refer to that as you know the season that could have been. I know I use that phrase a couple times but that that's the actual absolute epitome of that saying the season that could have been you know there, there's mm-hmm. no telling what them boys could have done in the dance you know they could have won they could have won it all and like you said it's it's crazy when you look back at it because you know by no means is COVID over you know it's still a real thing it's not nearly as bad as what it was before but it's crazy how everything just halted you know everything just stopped on a dime and you know I'm the big softball fan of the group. We were those people who were sitting outside the outfield in some lawn chairs just to go catch a game, just to get out of the house, you know. And mm-hmm. I think that the the more that it goes on, you know, last season, yeah, a lot more fans came out. But this season, I think there's going to be more fans that come out. You know, it's going to be things for people to do to get out of the house, you know, to spend time with the family. And I was looking somewhere, and I believe it's the Florida game. Now, don't quote me. I think it's the Florida game that all the hotels in Tallahassee are already sold out because FAMU's having a game and we're playing the Gators. So, you know, that's going to help, like you said, boost the local economy, hotels, restaurants, local businesses, and it's going to help the athletic program because, you know, it's going to be more more revenue brought in. And, you know, it's going to give Brad House's beer money because everyone's going to be trying to park there because all the parking lots will be full, but that's neither here nor there. So it even helps the frat houses out. Yeah. yeah, and if you've ever walked from from the Tucker Center to a ball game and haven't experienced that in your life, that is something y'all whew, y'all need to do because that that's an experience that, that that's that that's that's a crazy experience. But speaking on that, think about this. Um, just looking back at that year, how bad did it affect our recruiting? You know. Just, just how bad was the recruiting that year? You know, you couldn't get nobody on. Um, and that would have been, what, the class of 21, really? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, uh, Destin Hill, which still hadn't showed up, but is what it is. Um, In his time, he'll be here. Well, yeah, let's hope he gets here. Um I'm trying to pull up the, you know, the the, the offers we had. Yeah, you know, you know while you're doing a, that, you bring, up, you bring up a good point, you know. You look at the players Norvell's bringing in now, right? It's because he's able to get them in the door and sit them down and talk with them and show them, you know. Well, him and Coach Atkins both, you know, actually show them what they have to gain at coming to Florida State. You know, I, I don't know about you, Jeff, but whenever I asked my wife to marry me, I didn't ask her over the telephone. You know, so just getting people in the door and 
you know, being face to face with them, it, it, it helps that much more. You know, you can't even go sit on mama's couch and promise to take care of her son. I mean, you can't ever telephone over a zoom call, but it's just, it's not the same effect, you know? Yeah. I mean, going back to the recruiting thing, I mean, think about this legacy player. Now he's with Georgia. I think he's went from Maryland to TCU to Georgia. Brandon Jennings, all about Florida State. COVID hit, really couldn't see much because there wasn't much product on the field. It was a brand-new coaching staff, nothing really to show for. I mean, it was a – what if we was? What if we had that spring and that summer to work together? You know, what if we had the regular recruiting trips we could have instead of these virtual ones? Yeah. Luke, Luke Altmaier. Quarterback yeah. that flipped. He was a four-star flip from us to to Ole Miss. Malik McCl- or, uh No, not him. Let me see. Uh, Kimo Makanole. He was a three-star lineman. I mean, the list goes on and on here. Um, just that was decommits from that year, you know. And then there was other targets that that really just flipped on us. I think it put us behind another year recruiting wise than where we were. And that theoretically just killed us right now. I mean, and we're finally picking up that momentum and steam of um, where it is. But I've got a question for y'all, you know, just to hit on a little topic, just a little side topic out of the 11, you know, Keyshawn, Ontario, Cam McDonald, you know, Emmanuel Gibbons, you know, we'll leave the offensive line out of it. Um, who's one of the super seniors that we mentioned? I mentioned earlier that y'all think would have a breakout year that's going to benefit this year from that. Robert Cooper. Absolutely, I do. You know, if 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 you've seen his Twitter page and you've seen whenever he said he's coming back, that man is on a mission to show the world what he can do. You know, and he's a classic example of a player who's already good but he's trying to get that much better to improve his draft stock. So I think you know, that he's absolutely going to show out this year. Yeah, I, I agree with that one because if you, if you go back and look at the games, there was a bunch of games, you know, we mentioned J.J. and we mentioned Kier Thomas last year quite a bit. And I think they, they uh, totaled up almost 30-something sacks. But the pressure was still there up front. Even when J.J. or well, – well, not when J.J. was out, in or out, it didn't matter. But uh, when Kier was out, that pressure from the defensive line, that was Robert Cooper. And if you go back yeah. and watch the Miami game, he had a lot of pressures on old, uh, old Van Spike over there. So, what yeah. about you, Jeff? Who do you think is going to benefit? Well, Hunter nailed it when he said Cooper. But uh, on – I'd like to pull on the offensive side, I'd like to say Cam McDonald. I really think he's he's due for a breakout year. He's he's going to be the safety valve and the playmaker that J. Trout needs. Yeah. Well, he was that this past year too. If y'all, have, I mean, y'all right. watched him, so he was that that check down, that good one. And I mean, he had two two hundred forty three yards and two touchdowns this year. Which, granted, a good tight end, you know, their first responsibility is block. Mm-hmm. You know, seal, seal that end off, chip him or whatever, get out there in a flat somewhere. You know, Chip, you know you know what I mean. You know, he's that last check you want to – he's that one guy you don't want to have to throw it to. You know, you want you want something down the field. 
Um, but, but really, them being more ahead, uh, being more of our red, uh, a red zone target. You know, yeah. when it comes, you know, we need a clutch touchdown. We need a clutch first down to get first and goal. Like I'm, I'm I've been hearing some very very good things that he's he's put on. He's put in the work. Yeah, and you know, you look at you look at last season. You talk about getting in the end zone and you know getting close to to going over the pylon. I my, my favorite plays was the the Jordan Travis sidearm. How did McDonald catch that touchdown play? You know that <laughs> yeah. that you know that those were my favorite, and you know it worked. I, I'm looking forward to seeing that improve. You know, it, it or, or what game was it? What game was it that, that was it last year, year before where? Cam McDonald fell down in the end zone. Travis was scrambling. God, what game was that? I had to look back at. And then Cam McDonald gets on his knees. And he's like, hey. Yeah, I remember that playing his day right in the middle you know, of the end zone. I remember that. Right in the middle, and he hits him for the touchdown. You know, I ain't saying I ain't saying Cam needs to go down there and get on his knees every play. <laughs> you know, but that guy, you yeah. know, it, it helps. It shows his ability as a playmaker. Yeah. 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 And really, you know, under Willie Taggart, we didn't use much of the the tight end. That was something that's Mike Norvell. If you go back and watch Memphis, Mike Norvell loves the tight ends. You know, he'll use them in blocking schemes and all that. But really, my pick is Pokey Wilson. Yeah, I think Pokey's going to have a breakout year. Pokey, you know, I believe he led the seat the team the last two years in receiving yards. Yeah, I mean, so, I mean, that says something. You take him on top of the other threats and weapons we got, it's going to open up more one-on-one stuff, especially if that running game we got, that four-headed beast um, opens up in the backfield. That's going to open up more one-on-ones with it. And uh, I was watching a thing the other day talking about our, you know, we need to use more pre-snap motions you know, to try to pull the, the safeties over to a different side, which is going to open up one-on-ones. And when it comes to a one-on-one ball, I'll take Pokey Wilson all day on that one. And, I mean, on pro football focus, which is pretty good in the last three seasons, he's averaged a grade between 61 and 61.7 each year, which is pretty good for a receiver. And in the last two years, I want to say 775-ish, Receiving yards, kind of seven or eight touchdowns. You know, I think I think this year he could have. I think this year, if we have the threats and all that, Pokey Wilson takes advantage of it. He'll be our first thousand-yard receiver that we've had in a while. Yeah, and you know, you kind of go back to last season. You look at it; the numbers he put up are actually pretty dang impressive for the you know the the cards he was dealt. Because by no means was we an air raid offense whatsoever. I mean. Yeah, we could we could throw sometimes, but I mean, if majority of the time, you know, Jordan Travis was he was running for his life, and you know, you bring up the super seniors on the offensive line, you know, the battle of the beards and the other guys who have transferred in, that unit right there is going to really stabilize and help us, you know, run a full offense, not just run heavy. You know, yes, they're going to be keeping an eye on Jordan Travis, but there's going to be a lot more playmakers around him now who will be able to demonstrate that. And I think at the end of the season, we're going to be impressed by some of these guys on offense and defense too, you know, especially offense yeah. though with the way that we'll be able to get it to move. You know, there, there's some names that we may not bring up that much. At the end of the year, we're going to say, 
where did this guy come from? You know, and I'm looking forward to that myself. So, well, you know, about that, Jay, JJ was an unknown even in the spring. Yeah, I think in about a year we're going we're going to come on the show and we're going to be talking about how this extra this extra you know eligibility we got from COVID how it was able to help revitalize Florida State's offensive line. Absolutely. As, I've just I've got the sneaking suspicion that Florida State's offensive line is no longer going to be considered our weakness. I honestly think it from here from here on the way especially the way they're recruiting and the way they're getting coached, they're going to be a, they're going to be a big time strength. Mm-hmm. I, I agree with that. I agree with it, and I, and I think that finally we have a coaching staff that is, uh, like we mentioned last show, it's addressing them weaknesses. Mm-hmm. You know, for years, for years we didn't we didn't recruit well, and finally we got a coach that is taking that emphasis, you know, emphasizing on recruiting, and I, I just I can't wait. I think we're going to surprise a bunch of people. I think it's going to be a. I I think I'm going to tell you, I think. That game one is going to be a cupcake. We're just going to come out here and just repaint the field with them. But I'm going to tell you something. Week zero game, Duquesne scares me. And I'm going to tell you why. I played football with a boy from Holmes County. Um, God, I can't remember his name right now, but he went to the Citadel, played football. And don't go tell the Citadel, oh, Jeff Rain said this. But he said it straight up. He said, when we played Florida State, he said, our coaches said they're going to beat our tails into the dirt. He said, but y'all go out there and hurt them. Yeah. That scares me. Because if y'all remember Derwin James, that one year, uh, the year that he went to the draft, he got hurt first game against a no-name team. Yep. You know, those are the games that scare me. Is because those teams ain't got nothing to lose, really. They're just going to go out there and try to hurt you, you know. Yeah. But I think we get through that one. We get to LSU, you know, we eat our hot dogs, drink our old adult beverages, you know, enjoy the, the bayou, get in there and let the Noles just roll, you know. I'll be honest I with you, I really just, hope to see – I really hope to see Norvell come out and really focus on McDonald and use that tight end and, you know, kind of give it back to Brian Kelly a little bit. So, yep. since that's his oh, bread yeah, and you, butter. You, Use his own weapon against him. Which did you see what what Brian Kelly was saying about Florida State? Uh, yeah, I saying, read a little bit of. Yeah, you know he was saying, you know, yeah, the numbers aren't there as far as wins and losses. He said, but as a coach, I can see the leaps and bounds and improvement in the unit they're putting together at Florida State. So, yeah, yeah, I'll be honest with you. I, I think them Tigers get a little little scared right about now because you know that's his first game of the season. Yeah. With a whole brand new team, you know, so I, I think he's a little, little apprehensive for that yeah. one. And like you said, I really hope we, you know, we go down there and uh, step on the kitty's tail. So, well, I mean, I can tell you, us as fans, yeah, I mean, he mentioned, let's, you know, you look at the two years under under Taggart, and then you look under the the two years so far under Nor- Norvell, and even counting the COVID, you see a big change in attitude. Last year with Norvell after after the Jacksonville State game, the boys started to believe. They bought yeah. in. 
I you, you took the word out of my mouth. We won ten games this year. I would not be shocked. Yeah, I think I've told you, you know, know both of y'all that uh, you know if Mike Norvell come up to me today and told me to run through a brick wall, I'd do my damnest to run through that brick wall for him. It's just the way that that man can talk. You know, he he he's not just a good talker. He's he's a motivational leader. You know. He, he believes in what he's saying. He believes in his product and what he's doing, and he gets his players to buy into it too, you know. And I'm sure for him initially that's frustrating because he can see the vision. He can see everything that he wants. But you got the players there who wasn't believing in it, and now he's like, you know what, I've got my guys. that We're clicking. We're on the same page. And this, you know, it's, it's going to be the turning point. I, I really think that, that this is a make-or-break year. Um, am I saying by any means that they'll get rid of Norvell if we don't have a great season? No. But this is a make-or-break year not just for the team that we have, but, you know, recruiting too. You know, yeah, he's going out, he's getting these big-time recruits, you know, big names coming to Tallahassee, something's in the water. But if we don't produce where we need to be next year, where are these big-time recruits going to be at? You know, they may look back and say, oh, well, you know, he got all these guys and he hasn't developed them yet. So I think that COVID was a mulligan, like you said, and we've transitioned from that to where now we're at, you know, the, the teetering point. On t- you know, either it's going to go left and it's going to be eh, an all right season or it's going to go to the right and it's going to be something like what you said, Chip, you know, and 10 and 2, and this is not my prediction whatsoever, but it could it could go. It's interesting to think of which way it could go, but I'm leaning more towards the right with that, you know, definitely a higher win season and a nice bowl game. Yeah. Yeah, and Chip, you hit the nail on the head. The difference between Florida State then under Taggart and really the last few years under Jimbo and what we're seeing under uh, Norvell is buy-in, mm-hmm. you know, and, you know, Hunter, you mentioned the whole passionate in his voice, the passionate voice. Chip, I mean, you've coached. I've coached. Hunter, I mean, you know, just as well as I, anybody else, you got to be passionate about something. You got to be passionate about what you're doing. And I don't know how yeah. many times, I, you know, y'all may call me a sissy fied tweet bird, but uh, I don't know how many times I stood up in front of my team last year, giving them a speech before the game, you know, every coach does. And, dude, my emotions were getting so much of me that I was, I was, I was holding it back. Because I, I wanted to, A, just unleash in there and just talk like an adult to a bunch of kids, you know, because sometimes it fires them up. But then I was holding back, you know, tears at times because I was so passionate about what I was telling them mm-hmm. and what, and the, the potential I seen in them, you know, and that's, I think what makes the difference with Norvell is he's passionate about it and they feel the love and it ain't like Jimbo and Willie where it's buddy, buddy here, or it's business, business, business. It's a family culture, just like Bobby built. Yeah. So, so guys, I mean, anything else y'all want to discuss before we sign off for the evening? Chip? No, just other than there, there's something brewing in Tallahassee, and I have a strange feeling it's going to be special. Yeah, yeah, you know, I can agree with that. And, you know, like we say every show, um, we're not just on Facebook. We're not just on the podcast. We're also on a, a Twitter at AK, what Jeff called it, Twitter. Uh, we're on there at True Knowles Talk. You know, that's where, we, uh, that's where we show our love to recruits and, you know, former Knowles like Parker Messick, you know, and um, even Freddie Stevenson, he's on there. You know, he interacts with the page some too. So, you know, come by, 
check us out, you know, give us retweet, like, follow the page, you know, and just help, help get rid of a bad culture. You know, fans are distraught still. Um, and I'll, it's, it's, it's football fans, football fans at Florida state are distraught. Baseball fans are happy. Softball fans are happy. It's, it's the football fans that are distraught and they have reason to be, but they also have reason to be optimistic about what's coming. So, you know, come on Twitter. That's where the, the kids are at. You know, they, they, re, they react and they read your stuff and just, just show them some love. You can't hurt. No. And we're going to be doing a kind of a special in a couple of weeks. Um, I thought about it before, put a little feeder out, not much hit. Then Chip just, lo and behold, just drops in our lap also again, you know. In August, we'll make a year that we lost really the the man, the myth, the patriarch of this this whole thing, and Bobby. Um, we're reaching out to former players. I've had a couple, you know, reach out to me about wanting to join in to a, to a thing. And uh, we're going to be doing a little special and uh, interviewing them, talking about their time with, under Bobby, uh, the impact he had on their life, um, he, the impact he had on other players' lives. Um, it's going to be something special. If y'all want to join in, uh, just – Message me, Hunter, Chip, um, comment on it. Uh, we'll reach out to you. We're wanting to get as much interaction from the groups. Um, and not just my – not just, you know, True Knows Talk, but other groups we share in, you know, not just Twitter. Um, give a shout-out to Justin Weaver, Florida State Seminoles fans, no Gators allowed. Um He's going to be joining us on a show here soon. Uh, shout out to LeVon Miller, Seminole Dynasty. Mm-hmm. Um, he's going to be joining us soon on a show where we break down the season. It may be two shows. It just depends on how it goes. Um, we may break down half the season one show, the other half the next. You know, just fun time, having a good time. But uh, shout out to them. Appreciate them letting us uh, share the stream on their groups. Um, and guys – I mean, really nothing more. Just if there's any topics y'all want us to cover, just leave a comment. Yep. So, I mean, just, go Knowles. Like, like we always say, yeah, go Knowles. Enjoy the climb, guys. Yeah, we're getting there. So have a great weekend.